Hello and welcome to our new podcast after years of the fans crying for our return. We're finally back, the Bards are back if uh, the Bards Tavern, episode one, um, on all platforms and whatever you're listening to this on. My name's Rob and I'm here with the wonderful, the delectable, the delicious, the beautiful, the stunning, the awesome Patrick. How you doing, buddy? All good? I'm good, thanks. How are you? And Al's here as well. How you doing, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) I just about made the cut. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I've been writing that one for literally two and a half years, guys. <laughs> that totally you finally it. had a chance to use it. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. But yeah, we're um, we're here just doing a podcast before, um, really, with the world as it is. And apparently now you can get really, really famous and popular by making a video of you restocking a fridge. Before actually, now it's probably time for us to come back. <laughs> so. Um, uh, we're here, in and in and in lieu of restocking our fridge, we're going to be talking about whatever we really fancy about. Um, mostly video games, some films, some bits and pieces. Uh, I was going to get really, really um, preachy about uh, a Brexit because you, you know what he's like. I'm a bit ambiguous. And, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what we're here to do. So, um, hey guys, how's it go- how's how's it going? How's how have the years been? Because we definitely haven't been in touch since. <laughs> it's been a quite oh. a couple of years. I haven't spoken well. to a single person since. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, since we left, um, Paddy, can you wrap up how your time has been in no less than 12 words? I lived in a cupboard and it was fine. All right. Okay. And Alistair? The wall started talking back. Okay. and um, It was the same I'm cupboard. Right, I guess. That's pretty much where I'm at. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And now we've all caught up. <laughs> now we've broken the ice. Uh, let's get into the topic of the day. So today we are going to be talking about the Spider-Man movies. Um, we're a little bit late to the party with um, the release of Spider-Man No Way Home at the end of December. Um, but we are here going to be talking about all of the Sony produced uh, cinematic releases of uh, Spider-Man. And we're going to be trying to put them in some sort of order, some sort of list from our least favourite to our uh, most favourite. So um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, certainly going to have some really good opinions here um, and then we're going to have whatever Al says as well um, I feel like I'm really I'm, this whole podcast is just going to be me trying to pick on Al which is you've been holding it in for two years I'm, I'm, I'm impressed I haven't started receiving letters <laughs> I've started sending you really angry tweets in the build up to this um, so yeah we're, we're going to be talking about the Spider-Man film I think a few um, caveats to this um, probably from our point of view is obviously each list is subjective and you know everyone's everyone's view is uh, valid I, I feel like there's a, there's, there is a further cheap shot there at Al but I'm I'm not going to take it this time Al I, I can't believe it I appreciate it but I think you you kind of already dug yeah, it yeah I think by highlighting <laughs> the fact that I would have done it is actually highlighting is actually just just as good as like doing it so <laughs> sorry not sorry um so yeah, we're going to go through, we're going to start at the bottom, start from our worst and work our way up, just talking about our thoughts about the individual films. Uh, we are going to put in a big um, spoiler warning as well for every single film, including the most recent release of uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, so certainly if you haven't watched that, then I'd, I would argue you shouldn't be uh, listening to this podcast regardless, but um, for reasons of spoiler spoiler nature, if you're uh, if you're not clued up on, onto that film, uh, and certainly all the others, then it's probably not worth paying attention to what we say. Um, and with that in mind, are we uh, are we good just to swing it in, swing into it, guys? No, oh, I get it. I get it. Web, you get it. You get it. Right. So we're going to start. There are nine films overall that we're talking about here. Um, so we're going to start with our number nines as we go through, and I'm going to start with uh, 
Patty. Patty, do you want to tell us what your least favourite Sony-produced cinematic release is of Spider-Man? Yeah, I just need to put another one on my list because my list only has eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, hang on, hang on. Okay, um, so my bottom of the list, the one holding up the tower, uh, Spider-Man Three, uh, Tobey uh, Maguire's third outing. Swan Song, is it Swan Song? Was the last? I have no idea. Yeah, probably. Uh, so what's what, what's your uh, re, what's your rationale behind L L? El uh, Bottomenio, which I just <laughs> <laughs> the, the Bottomenio, um, yeah. basically, just too much uh, nonsense. I think too too much time spent with Peter being weird and just really creepy. And I know that like Venom is supposed to do lots of crazy things to you, but oh. I don't really think the tango in front the... of your jilted lover is necessarily his mm. top the top of his list. I think he's more of a sort of uh, manipulative evil figure rather than a hey let's do a sexy dance um yeah. although emo peter is probably the best peter of all mm. emo because... peter is pretty damn cool i think i think we can all one day uh, uh, aspire to be just like emo <laughs> peter but um, yeah. or uh, bully Maguire. as um we got we got to give a lot of uh, thanks to all the memes and stuff that have come out over the years mm. as a result of that movie but, um... <laughs> oh yeah it's, it's very useful for the memes but um, mm. but yeah, it's just it's just it's just not great. Also, too many villains. Just stuffed it, stuffed it full. I think too you know, many, too yeah, many villains. too many too villains. Many, too and many yeah, villains. I think so. Just because like you know, the, the other ones had a bit of a focus. You know, you had mm. obviously the goblin, then you had um, gobble, uh, gobble. Gobble, gobble, gobble. and then you had Doctor Octopus, you know, Doctor Octopus in in two, and I guess there was also sort of Harry Osborn as well. But this this one with all the different, I don't know, there's just so much happening, and I, I don't mm-hmm. understand the point of Sandman. Mm-hmm. Just as a general, that's a general, as a general concept. That's just a general statement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I don't stand for his politics. I don't, <laughs> I don't like the man. Uh, so yeah. yeah, no, I just, I just, I'm not having it. No, no, fair enough, mate. No, it's, it's a perfect valid view, and I think, I think it's going to be shared by a lot of people. I think, I think, um, I think it's a yeah, really great trip. And is there anything to that you liked about Spider-Man Three? Um, I like the black suit. I yeah, always, I've always had a, cool. yeah, I've always had a really. I think that's also something that annoyed me is that that image is really cool, that mm. visual. Like, I remember a lot of the marketing being really excited about Spider-Man Three and seeing the black suit in the marketing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just think like you have this opportunity to have this sort of very noble character, mm. um, be torn in a different direction, but it's just him being a little bitch in people in his in his personal life and not yeah, sort of really push. I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's having a, a bit of sass. Yeah, he's just daffy. Yeah. I'm gonna take your job, Eddie Brock. You know, it's it's just <laughs> yeah. not it's not. I don't know. They could have done something different with that. Mm. Can you think of anything they did in that film that is actually uh, a lot better than they did in the first two? Anything that we can give it a bit of credit for? Mm. Or was that the one to come back to you to after I spoke to Al? Yeah, maybe come back. Let's see if we can yeah. find any redemption. Yeah, we, we've got to find a bit of credit there because I think I think I think there are some redeeming qualities to that film, but um, it, it is it can be hard to find them because you do get blurred a lot by that that I think we're talking about like that scene, you know, that scene, you know, with the dance and the jazz bar and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. That yeah. really makes it hard to see anything else. It blurs <laughs> everything else out from that um, uh, out from that film. But um, before uh, uh, we come back with your thoughts on that one. Gonna circle around to Alistair and Alistair ask um, my beautiful, a little wild man, um, for your least uh, favorite film in the Spider-Man 
uh, movie pantheon. I mean, I've got I've got to agree with Paddy. It's Spider Man Three. Spider Man Three. Spider Man Three. So, like, like your general thoughts as well, and obviously, I assume a few of them are gonna kind of echo it. But if you yeah. want to, uh, you know, add or, or I think of reflect on personally, a few do do echo what Paddy was saying. But it's I think the longer that that series went on, the Tobey Maguire ones, the more repetitive it almost felt, and they had the opportunity in three to actually make it different. The whole what if what if Spider Man instead kind of gives up and sort of snaps a little bit mm-hmm. from the world taking advantage of Peter Parker and goes a bit evil, uses his power, sort of pushes people around, pushes people back. And mm-hmm. They had something good to go in that direction when he got sort of infected by Venom, if you mm-hmm. can call yeah. it infected or taken over. And yeah, with Sandman, who's quite an interesting villain and sort of the whole Harry Osborn then taking over from where Norman Osborn was and mm-hmm. that dichotomy there. They had a lot that could have been interesting, but somehow made it... I mean, like, like it was said, there, there were too many villains. It was just too mm. too mm. much that they somehow made all of it ridiculous. Because mm. if yeah, it's, was three, was three the one I'm right in thinking where Harry Osborn sits eating his pie going, that's some good pie. That is that is that is a genuine quote for the movie. You are right. Yeah, yeah. I so watched it, it last week, and yeah, you are yeah. right. That is that is something that Harry Osborn so does. So it's, out it's loud. not it's not just Tobey Maguire going weird with this whole find yeah. us some shade. It's also everyone else acting very weirdly. You can definitely feel like you know, obviously, a lot of the production rumors of um, James Franco and Tobey Maguire not necessarily being the best of friends <laughs> um, in life. You can definitely kind of feel that in the movie which works to its kind of benefit in the in in the moments where they need a bit of friction but when they sort of try and reconnect and rekindle and like you know i just don't really buy it is that is that a fair comment yeah that's yeah. It. It, it it was never really a friendship it was kind of a bit yeah. a bit awkward mm. but... an awkward friendship between these two but so for you anything like you did kind of highlight there that you kind of like as some of the themes that they were trying to aim for but they just didn't seem to achieve it for you was there anything else like redeeming about the film that you did enjoy uh, i think it it did try and go in a different direction to the other two which yeah. i mean I, I i always appreciate when you've got a tried and tested method but you think you've done it a bit too much and i think a third spider-man with the exact same premise as the first two would mm-hmm completely just be tossed into the garbage but i think they've tried to go for something different and i mm. it i did enjoy it in small bursts but yeah over, i think it's not necessarily it was a awful awful film that makes a bottom of the list mm. it's just i think the rest of the spider-man series were oh, better films. yeah 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 absolutely agree with that um i'm gonna loop back to paddy just just now he's had to rekindle his thought is there anything you can think of that was that was that this film did that was actually a little bit a, a better than the first two, or are you just still nope. <laughs> no, not really. I, I can't think of anything that I'd say was necessarily better than. I mean, I guess everyone had got into the sort of flow of it. So Spider Man mm. is less awkward in three, like in terms of the the action and stuff. But mm, definitely, I mean, some of the action sequences. Like, I'm 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 going to come out and say mine now that I'm absolutely in agreement with you guys. Number nine, Spider Man three for me. Um, I think I think to to its credit, like you highlighted there, like um, I remember the first um, fight between Harry Osborn and um, Peter Parker, where Peter Parker's not in the suit and he's swinging around himself. It's actually a really well choreographed and actually pretty well put together fight. No, it feels a little a CGI, a kind of heavy uh, for these 
these sort of days and it's really kind of noticeable and it does and it hasn't aged too well but it's actually you know actually if you i take that fight as an individual fight it's one of the best fights in 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 the whole of the trilogy if you ask me um i think i think that was a really well put together fight but yeah you guys are right it's just you can tell it's a film that kind of wanted to try something else and kind of lost its way um in terms of trying to capture that you know we've 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 explored peter parker's um trying to you know make his make a sacrifices in his personal life in order to step up to the responsibility of of, of spider-man we've seen him try to shun the response you know in the second film try to turn away from the responsibilities of spider-man in order to become a better P- a peter parker and this one sort of takes a different direction which is kind of you know trying to have his cake and eat it in that kind of you know um not agreeing with yeah, it's it's kind of weird to describe it, isn't it? They're trying to capture this thing where he he's he's just turned away from his his like responsibility completely, and and that's what the venom and that's what the venom venom character already gives. And I think it's interesting in that film that the actions that Peter Parker kind of does before the venom um, a symbiote hits him. He's having his like he's having the time of his life. He's like like things are really good for him in, in his Peter Parker life. He's got Mary Jane. Things are going really well. Things are going really well for Spider Man. Like the PR is really good. He's getting the key to the city. Everything's going great. And I think what this film's trying to do and trying to tell you is that that response, you know, that not living up to your responsibility, trying to have your cake and eat as well. That Peter is actually blind to what's happening with Mary Jane and what's happening actually underneath, and he's not seeing things what they are even before the symbiote gets involved and I think the movie was onto something there and I think it's a shame it didn't try to move on with that and I think through like the second act it really starts to lose it and it really when it I think as you highlighted a kind of Paddy like Peter's odd uh, behaviour not really coming across as anything that anyone can kind of connect with or empathise with in any kind of way you know we can all kind of relate to flipping on a dime and getting angry and hurting someone that we didn't mean to and I think that's a very um a relatable thing that they could have drawn upon but to come up with this little weird jazz club dance to hurt Mary Jane uh, it's just it just sounded just felt really out of place um even when you try and move away from all the memes and stuff so um yeah that's that's where I was on the film anyway <laughs> I don't know if um I mean everyone I, else kind of felt I, that I do I think you just mentioned the the key to the city and it did remind me of on that entire scene and I agree with you it, it would have been really interesting to see Spider-Man battle or and Peter Parker battle kind of the fame now that Spider-Man's getting the recognition because I mean like when he kisses Gwen on the stage and upsets Mary Jane like that would have been quite a good start to, to almost his derailing of stopping to seeing himself as, as being Peter Parker and Spider-Man but yeah, almost like yeah. being Peter Parker or Spider-Man. Spider-Man's not connected to anyone, not attached. He can do what he wants. People love him. Key to the city. Mm-hmm. Whereas Peter Parker, loyal man, like loving boyfriend and hopefully soon to be fiance. Mm. And kind of that merging that battle. Like they started with something good there. And then, yeah, as soon as it he seemed to tail off. As soon as he went weird. Can I also make a, a little mention as well? Because, like I said, I feel there's still a lot of good film here. The final act as well, the very final act, the final third, the climax of the movie, I still think is actually pretty good. Um, you know, I'm I'm not in the same camp as Paddy. I've, I actually quite like Sandman. He's actually got quite believable and relatable 
a motivation as to why he's doing what he's doing and and why he is how he is. Oh um, no, a gentle stream. We're <laughs> <laughs> more referring to, you know, he did what he did to Uncle Ben because he needed the money to save his daughter and all that kind of stuff. You know, they actually did a lot of character building with that, as opposed to, oh, I got sprayed with some green shit. Now I'm and now I'm crazy. You know, what back I mean? to actually, formula. There's actually you know, a rationale and a, a reasoning here why he, you know, falls off the scale and it's um, a relatable thing, which in the end, you know, there's a, fun, a really good scene between him and, uh, uh, and obviously, uh, I take him quite as Peter Parker at the end where, you know, he he forgives him for killing Uncle Ben. And there's some really good stuff there still. And I, I think, think, I, think I, I kind of said it before, it's that bit in the middle of the second act towards the end of the second act where they just try this thing and it just kills the entire movie it really does and it's a real big shame because i think i think you still if you make some edits and do some reshoots there's actually a good movie there but i think that's, that's also what makes it kind of bottom of the list is it has mm. those redeemable moments where if they focused on it if they followed it a bit more because mm. like i agree with you that sandman it was actually quite a good well-rounded villain and character mm. but they almost have them as a side character, I mean, he's splitting the villainness with he's Green Goblin, Venom, yeah, and Sandman. Yeah, he's, and it's he's you're, the third villain. you're trying to cram all three of them in when yeah. and give them their own reasons and their, their own storyline. Whereas all three are actually really good, well-rounded characters on their own right. So it kind of yeah, it ruins the fact that there's a good character by having too many of them. So I thought we would spend a bit of time on this uh, on this Spider-Man three. I think there's a lot to talk about with Spider-Man three. <laughs> but in the lure of interest of this not being a four-hour podcast, I'm going to move us on, um, and I'm going to move us on to number eight. So I think this is where hopefully our list is going to start moving away from each other. But I'm going to start with Paddy. Where's the where are you at on um, moving up from Spider-Man three? What is the eighth number eight, or, or the or the second worst, depending on your view on life? Uh, Amazing Spider-Man two oh. is my. Is my Andy number G eight. slipping in there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's so what's your thinking there then? Um, basically, my issue here is the villain, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Just as a general, a general thing, I just I feel like we have come a long way. I think now, look, looking back at these movies in terms of what villains are. I mean, you know, like I guess with the MCU and they have their fair share of sort of we need a villain. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, but then you know, then you had Thanos, who basically had. You know, Infinity War is basically the Thanos movie. Mm. And I guess you just... A, a really, really powerful, a really good villain can make a massive difference to a film. I just don't think that... What's funny is I'm criticizing two characters who make No Way Home such a good movie yeah. <laughs> by being yeah. in it. But, you know, but Electro, you know, in a similar way to, for me, Sandman, in terms of the actual villain nature of them, um, you know, Sandman exists to redeem you know show peter's redemption as moving away from the venom thing and mm-hmm. electro is just falls into a bathtub and then is very angry and i again it just doesn't feel as much as that film has some great you know some very it took a bit took a lot of risks you know mm-hmm. killing gwen stacy is a massive risk to take especially you know you've got emma stone in your movies like if you're thinking of making more of them um and i think andrew garfield's spider-man is getting lots of redemption because of because of No Way Home, mm, but... there is a there is a lot of love for. It seems like a lot of love's been coming to Andy G for this, yeah. you know, for the No Way Home. But it did feel like it was, you know, in the immediacy after Spy, you know, Amazing Spider Man two, and certainly when, um, you know, a uh, Disney acquired everything, um, you know, it really felt like a low point for him. Really yeah, so. yeah, and it just I guess that film doesn't really stand up, I suppose, to what we come to expect from 
from Spider-Man movies because of, I guess, just because of a bit of a, a weak, <clears throat> a weak villain, and also you know, like the Osborn thing. Maybe it's just a carryover from. It would have been nice to just either not have an Oscorp or wait mm. for that kind of thing or do something different because then you have another, another Harry who's doing this and that. It's, it's just Harry. Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would have been nice to for them to do something completely different and not maybe bother with like another emo character who. Okay. We've heard you've seen plenty of times before. Okay, great. No, I'm gonna move on to Alibabs. Alibabs, um, number eight. Where you at? Uh, I mean, our list so far haven't differed at all. Uh, amazing two. Amazing two. I mean, so are you out on, on that one as well? I'll come out and say I I adore Andrew Garfield as an actor. Um, and I think he might be my favorite Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, so I'm yeah like this. So it was kind of quite quite hard for me to put it low, but. Yeah. I agree with Paddy. They have such a powerful character in Electro that I mean, he was he was just he was set up too too much. I think mm-hmm. kind of the beginning, the whole Black Dylan, the over the top, ignored, invisible, no one cares about him. But yeah, you start to feel sorry for him, and then he turns into Electro, kind of loves Spider Man, then hates, suddenly just hates Spider Man because yeah, he thinks he set him up. But mm-hmm. so I think there was they had so much. Again, so much potential, but just didn't use it. I think the beginning of each part of the storyline was brilliant. The kind of setup of how uh, Harry Osborn became the Green Goblin, like fighting a genetic disease, wanting to sort of be cured by Spider-Man's blood, finding out that mm. Venom's kept in Oscorp, and then taking it essentially to stop himself from dying, like he just watched his father do. I think that's a great yeah. setup. Um, Electro, this guy who was suddenly who was a no one finally getting all this power off something that he built of his own world yeah love spider-man and kind of then start to turn to hate him again great setup but and then the the whole reveal with um with peter parker's parents like that from the first movie that i was like this is great i really want to know what happens to them mm-hmm. like why did they have to run away and you finally find it out so they, everything had a great aspect to it but they just almost cut it short they were like right that's it done electro set them up he was yeah. gone. Like they, they didn't Sparkles. utilize him at all. Yeah, Harry Osborn, okay. like great setup, completely disappeared. Like Peter's parents, you feel like yeah, you you kind of find it out and that's it, just done. Okay. So I think okay. yeah, it it builds everything up and then just dampens and goes yeah, yeah. That's a good <laughs> shout. That's a good shout. Well, I'm I'm here to let you both know that you're both wrong. Um, <laughs> that's why we bring you along. <laughs> number eight. Is in fact, and I'm, I'm probably going to be the one with the most controversial list here. Is in fact Spider-Man: Far From Home. Interesting. Um, interesting. So I'm, I'm probably, like I said, deviating a little bit from what would be the general consensus out there. And I feel like Spider-Man: Far From Home, and I think every Spider-Man film I talk about from here on is a great film. And I think that goes. I mean, yeah, I agree. I'm saying, yeah. I think, with the exception of Spider-Man Three, which is an average okay film uh, every other film from there is actually a great movie so I'm really just kind of nitpicking here at, at the reason why I enjoy Far, Far From Home not as much as all the others and I think really is it, is it, is it hangs too much and it's not his own fault it's, it's having to follow up what was um, Endgame which obviously you know the death of Iron Man and all that kind of stuff it's having to deal with a lot of stuff and it's already put this kind of 
John Watts in a box where you've got to operate inside of and try and tell a story. And he does a fantastic job of telling a story inside this narrative box, but it hangs over the film so much and drives the film so much that I think it ultimately hurts it and actually makes it, when you try to compare them against all the other films, you think about which one of these films I enjoy more. For me, it's a great MCU movie, but not one that I sit there and go, God, isn't that a fantastic bloody movie? Well, I really, really enjoyed that. And I think I got a lot more enjoyment out of every other Spider-Man film than I did out of uh than i did from far from home um you know i really like the mysterio character um uh the way they did that i think they brought him to a life in a very believable way i think there was a few leaps that were made that just kind of pulled me out of it a little bit where they kind of try and paint this picture of you know quentin beck be able to do these elaborate illusions with this big team of people and all this kind of technology and they even showcase it themselves they've got this scene where he's trying to kind of choreograph what they're trying to put together and he's talking about no we need it twice as loud and we need to do this and we need to do that so there's obviously takes quite a lot of time for them to choreograph all of this kind of all these kind of illusions and animations but there's another point in the film where uh, Peter Parker comes across one of the projection units and they have to uh, react really quickly and all of a sudden they put Peter Parker in this kind of very well shot and very over the top elaborate four to five minute long kind of illusion that he tumbles through and at the end gets hit by like a bus um, with Nick Fury involved and all that. And you just sit there and you go, look, this is taking place over like a two week kind of vocation. Like, you know what? Like I can, I can suspend my disbelief and make it consistent, make it. So actually did this whole team of people have, have enough time to string this whole complete over the top <laughs> a narrative mind bender trying to think about every single possible thing that Peter Parker would do and react and it just it, to me it just it was too much it was it was too too far-fetched for me that I it started to really stand out to me more than any other any other of the films and I'm more of a fan of like a grounded film, so that's probably why my list is going to be a bit different. And I know people will more kind of you know have their own sort of taste. And and for me, Far From Home is hurt by the fact that you've got the Iron Man kind of death kind of uh, just looming over that film entirely, and you don't you, you pulled Peter Parker out of New York City as well. You know you got the you know not that I have any objection for him to be out of New York City, but you know to take a take a Spider-Man film and take out what, you know, we've seen in previous films, in Raimi films, in the, in, you know, in, in the Mark Webb films is what is almost like a character to this, to this, to this, to this, um, to this, you know, a, a superhero's like identity and it's not even in the movie. So if you're asking me what order of this list I'm going to put in, I think for those reasons, Far From Home sits eighth. I, I love how in, and I don't disagree with you in any of the points you made, but I just love how in a superhero movie, your disbelief was taken by production time. <laughs> oh, well, you know what I mean? It's like, I've yeah, edited a podcast before. I know how long it takes. Yeah. But, you, you know, like, I mean, you, you, if you watch that, like, sequence, that looks like if you had to structurally put that together and, like, fool someone with that, you'd take your months. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, Get, getting that rigging me, up. Oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> you need an electrician. And, that will take a few days. <laughs> right. And there's loads of really good things, good points like to that movie. Like some of the action scenes, like when he's taking down the drones and, and some of the humour put into it and some of the story threads, some of the themes they put through it. Like, you know, still a really great movie. But if I'm being like nitpicking and why I wouldn't put it ahead any of the other films that we're going to talk about, then that, you know, you know, I'll kind of explain my reason. I don't need to put it to <laughs> So, Rob, what would you have at seven? So seven for me is actually, um, I feel like I'm shitting on Tom Holland here, but is a Spider-Man oh, Homecoming. No. Because I, 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 I would have thought that your seven might have been 
Amazing Spider-Man Two. It's because my seven is far from home. Oh, okay. So, Ooh. so we're not we're not all mm. far away, but we've got a bit different. So my seven, and I'll talk about the reasons why because you've asked me now. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I go straight into Spider-Man: Homecoming, largely for very similar reasons. Why Far From Home, but just not as, not as strongly as what as how it impacts Far From Home is again, this movie's coming off the back of like Civil War. It's Peter Parker, and you're landing straight into his kind of life and. You know, it's a great Marvel MCU movie, but again, John Watts has to operate inside this kind of closed environment where he can't go too far with the story because he's, he's got to fit inside the grand kind of narrative, what is the MCU. I'm not saying that the MCU movies can't ever be great because they can, and it's been proven, and obviously there's one of these films which is much higher up in this list where they've shown that can be done very well. But I think when you rely so much on all this external stuff and all this foreknowledge, I think... For me, when you again asked how does this stack up to the other movies, I say it suffers from it. And I think, I think as well, you know, a lot of people are now seeing with the release of No Way Home that this is a Spider-Man origin trilogy. Where at the end of it, we can't finally get introduced to Spider-Man. You know, now he's stepped up to his great power, great responsibility, and stepped up to his responsibility and actually made a personal uh, a sacrifice in his life that is a big impact to become who he needs to be. Um, but then that implies that Spider-Man 1 and 2, we don't really have a true Spider-Man. In there. We've got someone who's learning to become Spider-Man, which is an interesting journey to take us through and stuff. But, you know, I'd argue that actually when you've got a Spider-Man film that don't really have the whole complete Spider-Man, you're not really watching a Spider-Man movie. You're watching someone who, you know, a, you know, the prequel to a Spider-Man film, someone who's learning in it. And I think the thing, again, ultimately, again, a big thing for me in this is the role, and this applies to Fire From Home with Quentin Beck character, is the role of Tony Stark Iron Man plays in this movie in the sense of he is Peter's uh, a mentor and that's the route they wanted to take. And I think it's the only route they could have taken trying to fit this guy, you know, fit Spider-Man into the MCU halfway through its kind of Infinity War saga as opposed to where they probably ideally would have wanted it at the start but for like the legal reasons they had to do it halfway through so I understand they had to do it but when you think about it from a, a movie point of view one of the greatest well one of the greatest things I've found when walking about Spider-Man is Spider-Man is um, you know through the guidance through the death of um, his uncle Ben or whoever a death informs him he learns with great power comes great responsibility through that kind of message and he comes through that he not really had a mentor it's all quite a great story because he he comes to that himself he learns through that journey for himself and it kind of just feels like Tony Stark being the uh, initiator of what becomes Spider-Man what informs Spider-Man just feels a bit I don't know just feels a bit naff to me (laughs) it feels a bit like I think yeah no I know I'm having back to far from home here but the whole him um, Iron Man wanted to give Spider-Man the mantle by giving him the glasses because he trusts him and stuff like that. Like nothing throughout the entire time where we see Iron Man and Spider-Man together implies that Iron Man trusts Spider-Man. In fact, the whole point of Homecoming is you know Iron Man implicitly showing that he doesn't trust him and doesn't think he's like ready for bigger responsibilities. And even the last time we really see him when he's doing you know his thing in Infinity War, which is the last time they have any kind of meaningful interaction, Peter is actively. Uh, 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 disobeying what Tony Stark is asking by not going into space and and is still, you know, not living up to the responsibility that Iron Man wants him to do. So it just, nothing seems to make sense. It all is very pretty and all are done up really well. But when you start to break the story down and start to try and actually put some thought behind it, 
not much of it makes any sense. And I think when I've been watching for him recently, that's why I've put the first two of the home trilogy solo down on the list is they hang so much on the MCU, the foreknowledge and loads of different aspects that if you take them as Spider-Man movies, they're, they're still great movies, but yeah, I, I just can't enjoy them as much as I enjoy these individual kind of universes that have been crafted with the complete free reign to explore the themes and the ideas that are in those films. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, you're totally <laughs> fucking crazy, but that's fair enough. You're allowed. You're, <laughs> just you're allowed. You're a, no, I'm not justifying a, my bullshit. No, not at all. But you're allowed. I, I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you, you've already revealed your number seven, so you said um, yeah, number seven was Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, so do you want to talk us through that? Yeah, so I think you covered a lot of it. So I think what what when I, when I was thinking about the list, I think... You know, I, I watched Far From Home in the cinema. I really liked it. And then I watched it again in one of my many MCU rewatches and it just felt a little bit like, oh, I didn't enjoy that as much as I thought I would. Now, mm. every single, you know, when you do an MCU rewatch and you've got like, I don't know, you have to get through, you have to get through some films that you, know, you, yeah. you, you think like, oh, I'm not going to, oh, fuck me. I've got to watch fucking The Dark World. But then yeah. I watch it and they're like, oh, you know what? I enjoyed that more than I thought I would. Yeah. Far From Home is the only film in the MCU, I think, where I watch it and I'm like, oh, I didn't enjoy that as much as I thought I would. It's kind of the back of Endgame hurts it, doesn't it? Though? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, it definitely does. I think also, yeah, I guess, I don't know what it is. It's it's really hard to, I, th- I think maybe because everything is sort of Quentin Beck's illusion, there's no threat really at any point. Like it's all yeah. sort of, you know, and then also, you know, the, the stuff with Samuel L. Jackson's really weird in that movie and then it's okay, he's acting weird because he's a scroll and... You know that's that's a cool setup, but which mm. we haven't seen anything of, and I guess we'll see it in um, Secret Wars or whatever that is when that comes out yeah. this year, maybe. Um, so that that's something they just sort of left hanging there. But I don't know what it is. There's something about that film that just doesn't it doesn't hit the heights. It, it does. It genuinely it feels like sort of a a lull because of what Endgame is and because of what that did for the MCU oh. and and you know I mean they're all characters that I love and it's it's still a good it's still a good film and Mysterio is great. Oh. Like he's a really interesting character and think, a really I, fun villain, but it just feels think, a bit. Ugh. I think I, I, I think as well. Like I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like you, the reason why you feel oomph is you could end Homecoming, and end that movie with the reveal of Peter Parker and start off No Way Home, and you wouldn't really lose much. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like Peter learns something through that. He learns not to live so much in Iron Man's shadow and become his own superhero with his own identity. Yeah, there's there's something for Peter to learn there, but there's. Uh, yeah, I kind of. I'm, the best I'm thing, that same boat with you. the best thing about that movie is him and MJ and yeah. like their interaction yeah, and and their relationship and stuff and and without I think seeing them get through that and how much you know they they care about each other I think maybe No Way Home might be slightly less impactful maybe mm-hmm. I don't know the, yeah but like they are you know they're ador- they're adorable in that movie <laughs> and, and like it, and they, and they do that really well. Can I also just give a shout out to the love interest in Homecoming that I can't give two flying shits about which was completely pointless and completely uh, superfluous to the movie they could have just not had that in and feel we would have find the only good thing about that sorry and i forgot to give it a mention was the fact that it was linked to the vulture and the vulture was yeah the twist the twist yeah very good very good reveal and uh, michael keaton as the vulture oh my god that is such a good casting (laughs) and and that scene in the car is fucking amazing Mm -hmm. that's what i will say yeah that's 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 one of the things i'll talk about when i when we get uh, homecoming in quite a while um, yeah. So, uh, what is your number seven? This completely differs from you two. I've gone for Spider Man Two. Spider Man, all right, right. That's controversial. Man. Like it, I'm, it, I'm used, to hear it. it used to be quite high on my list, and now I don't know whether if 
I lowered it because I watched Spider-Man 1 and 2 basically back to back. And I just found 2 oh, so repetitive but on the, off the back of 1. The whole, mm-hmm. I've got time for everyone. I can do it. I'm Spider-Man. I don't have time for you. I missed your thing. Sorry. Like, yeah. that. I got bored of that notion. I was like, every time he said, I'll be there. I was like, you're not going to be there. There's going to be a fight about it. Skip the next 30 minutes. I, I can tell where this is. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of, just didn't grip me as the, the way the others did. I didn't go, oh, what's going to happen next? How is he going to solve this one? I was like, I know how this is going to happen. Yeah. And whilst I, I enjoyed what they did with Doc Ock, like it was, I don't know. I love Doctor Octopus as a, as a character. They can think he's, he's, he's fantastic as a villain. And um can't remember the actor's name, but a fantastic. There yeah. we go. Good Alfie. Um, a, a great casting choice. Yeah. But it was just... It didn't have no. It just didn't have that gravitas to it that mm. kind of some of the others did. It, it almost fell fell flat at a lot of different points, and I'm I'm actually struggling to pick kind of where it did. It just the whole movie felt a bit off. Sometimes it's the case that you know, even though all the right components are there, the film just film just doesn't work for you. Oh, yeah, that's, and that's that's down to an individual. And I, again, I even, totally even even sort of the the villain encounters. Instead of kind of having different different areas where Spider Man has to figure out how to do this, that, and the other, and solve different problems and fight different ways, yeah, it was just grab Mary Jane, take her to the top of something, drop them, grab a car, drop them, Spider Man, choose. Like it's, yeah. I think Spider Man Two was just a lot of the same repeated. Whilst it was a good film, and the concepts that they repeated were were great, I think because it just kept going on and on like that I, I just sort of started to lose a bit of interest and well, I'll definitely come out with a curveball there yeah, like, so I, I, you I, sound like you're about to save a point there oh I was just, I was just gonna say I, I I really can't say if I what if I waited a bit and watched it on its own mm-hmm. would it redeem itself or would whether I literally had just finished watching Spider-Man 1 and I think the next mm-hmm. day I started watching Spider-Man 2 so I still had what had gone on the whole concept and everything of Spider-Man 1 there in my brain yeah. And then it, it was, again, fairly repetitive in two, but if I left the gap, would it be better? I, I can't say, but mm-hmm. from now, from making my list, I, I had to put it down at, at seven. Because, I again, not a terrible film, not a bad film. Mm-hmm. All of the all the ones from now onwards are great films. I really, really enjoyed them. I just think, if, again, if I'm, you like you said, yeah, if I'm nitpicking, it was, it was a bit too yeah. repetitive for me. Fair, man. Totally fair. I'm going to, obviously, after the recording stuff, I'm going to absolutely blast you for it but um, no, no absolutely fine so let's let's skip on up to number six is there let's go to a number six and let's start with paddy paddy do you want to uh, fill us in where you're at on number six where's your next yes. uh, step from far from home was your last one wasn't it so where are you going next yeah and i'm going next uh so th- this is this this gets tricky now because i think they're quite even though there's a lot of the same themes i think we're getting into um the juicy shit yeah very different movies so my next two are the origin movies um mm-hmm. but i've gone with amazing spider-man okay as my so number what? whatever on six so i don't know whether you're telling us why it's so low or why it's so high so like just a fill us in yeah no that, so i think i think so i've got the one i've so i put that one just below sort of the original um the original mm-hmm. spider-man movie um but i think when i was thinking about what what the difference is between those two films I think it really comes down to the characters and um, mm. that you've got. And actually, you know, if if I was basing it just on that, probably Amazing Spider-Man might actually be ahead of the first mm. Spider-Man for me. But like, it's just the, the nostalgia factor. I think is what puts that yeah. one at, at five. Um, but you know, 
this was a good movie. I, I think people look back at the Amazing Spider-Man trilogy because of what happened with the the Disney acquisition and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like this was genuinely a fun film. Okay, the villain's crap. I mean, you know, the lizard. It, it has some cool things, but you know, do you really? It it seems quite maybe low key when you have like Venom and Sandman and like Green Goblin or whatever in one movie, and then it's like. I'm a lizard and I haven't got a nose. You know, it's 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 a bit less um impactful, but his relationship with um with Gwen Stacy is like fantastic. Much I think much more believable and realistic than, you know, uh, Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst uh in terms of in terms of how they like interact with each other and stuff and you know, he does learn he sort of he, I like the way he sort of learns on the job as well and the way he he grows as a character and you know, become a Spider-Man. He's he's a great Spider-Man. He's got he's got yeah. the you know the fighting style, the the quips. It's a cool suit, but but I, I think you know we're now in the, we're now in the really good fun movie territory. So it's not a we're knock. in the nitpicking area. Aren't yeah, we, where, it's not it's not where, a knock. It's just I have to make yeah. a decision between these films yeah. and the nostalgia factor of the original Spider-Man is what not when, ahead of you. is yeah. Even though yeah. this is probably a more fun, entertaining movie with more fleshed out interesting characters yeah yeah but so it's, it's a hard argument to make but you go from a pure nostalgia point of view you know yeah great but you, you can talk to us about the benefits of spider-man when we get around to inevitably on your next one because yeah. that's what you said. um so uh alistair number six where are you at uh with your sixth uh most favorite spider-man movie so my sixth is not too far afield so far from home okay. uh, i've gone for that one and again i'll, I'll preface this all by saying basically from Number seven to number three, they're all separated by a hair. Yeah. So it's like, it's all really close, but I don't really need to say too much on Far From Home because you two covered everything. It was, I think they relied too much on the Marvel aspects. It didn't have that feeling. And when Paddy said the villain didn't really seem a threat, that kind of hit the nail on the head for me. I was like, that could have been it. Like, it, you never felt that Spider-Man was in danger. And it was almost the whole Spider-Man not believing in himself and not trusting himself and kind of being under... Iron Man's shadow, it just isn't Spider-Man. Mm. Like, that's not his character yet. He struggles with the responsibility. Can he balance his life with being Spider-Man? How is he going to deal with this? Just not the, how do I live under this guy's shadow? Like, it, it was an interesting aspect they went with, but yeah, I, I, I pretty much agree with everything you two have said about it, so I don't, don't need to add too much there. Mm. Yeah, no. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, so number six for me, I have put in the Amazing Spider-Man two. So obviously a little bit higher than than you guys uh, did. Um, I really love the Amazing Spider-Man two. I, I I come out watching that film, not really understanding what people were so annoyed. <laughs> like I had a really good time of it. Um, I don't like like it as much as the original, the first Amazing Spider-Man. Um, contrary to Paddy, I actually quite like the villain. I even like Electro. Um, I thought. The fact of the matter is, and I kind of touched on it earlier before, you think of a lot of these Spider-Man villains and what terms an evil is just a hokey reason of why they're bad now. So, you know, you think of Doc Ock and he, his arms, uh, the the chip on the back of his neck explodes and now he's evil. You know, uh, with with Doctor Octopus, you know, he's, he's he breathes in the green shit and now now he's evil. You know what I mean? It's 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 kind of it's 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 all very good and i'm not not really hitting them too much but i think i really admire a villain when they go actually let's give more reasoning than just 
something's happened to me and now I'm evil. You know, where actually you start off with what is a very broken person, you know, very, very kind of what you can see as a very vulnerable, mistreated and kind of outcasted person who only really values one, uh, one, one, uh, one uh, relationship in his life, which is a relationship that's not even real with um, a Spider-Man. Something happens to him, you know, this event happens to him, doesn't know what's going on, walks out there, Spider-Man comes to help him. He feels like he's betrayed and, you know, that is motivation for like a villain there. I think you're absolutely right. I think beyond that point, they could have done a bit better with him beyond that point. Um, but I think the introduction scene of him coming into Times Square, fucking, I thought was a really good scene. I really enjoyed some of the set pieces they put into that. Uh, Andrew Garfield, how he comes swinging in, how he handles the situation, just everything about that 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 scene screams Spider Man. Well, to me, you know, uh, the fact that he's quippy but also concerned, the fact the uh, the city's behind him, the way he helps people when they're all getting, you know, when the electric bolt goes through like the staircase, and he does that thing with his web shooter. It's just. You know, I, I can't stop praising this movie, and this is why I, I I get a bit like confused about people's issue with it and why it's so low down on people's list. I think the suit that they they use is actually the best Spider-Man suit from a design, like just from a pure a cosmetic suit out of all of them. Uh, I think it's a really well designed suit. Like what they do with the eyes, it, it feels like it's grounded in a real world, but you know, whilst not being kind of like that kind of ski mask look they had in the first film, and um. Yeah, I like uh, Andrew Garfield a lot. I think he's a very good Spider-Man. Not only does he, you know, do some of the things really well. I think I think what really sells me when he's stu- when he's in the suit really well is he. I think he saw the fact that one thing that that I think a uh, Toby Maguire struggled with was the fact that when you're wearing a suit, it's hard to. I uh, uh, like a moat, uh, especially you know because they didn't have the uh, benefit of um, the squinty eyes that kind of tom holland does to do like the facial expressions and stuff like that so if you actually watch him when he's playing spider-man he's doing a lot more with his body he's a lot more uh, physical and he's and he brings over spider-man's emotions a lot more by what the way he moves and the way he talks and the way he interacts through his like body and you see it when you're trying to watch for it a lot more in the amazing amazing spider-man series than you do in any of the others because you know i believe that andrew probably picked up on that or someone told him to pick up on that and that you can't really display your emotion through your face so you know you know, I think he brought a lot to that role. Clearly, like the best actor of all three by a long way, and he sh- and he showed that in that film. I think um, the death of Gwen Stacy was absolutely brilliant. I've never seen. Um, you know, I think the people who are aware of the comic probably saw it coming. You know, death of Gwen Stacy. She gets killed by the Green Goblin. It's kind of spelled out by the comics, but I genuinely, when I was watching that movie, didn't see it coming at all. Uh, not many, many, many superhero films can I say that genuinely. To- God, really? Have they just killed her? You know what I mean? Like they. <laughs> They did that, and they did that in a Spider-Man film, and they set up what was potentially going to be what I thought would have been a really strong third film with a broken Spider-Man who's gone through this kind of trauma. Yeah, he learns to kind of come to terms with that by the end of the movie in a way by going out there again and facing like the rhino and stuff like that. But there's there's so many good things about this film that I I, I just don't buy into some of the things I hear about it about you know. Um, but some of the complaints that people have about it, and I, I will touch on one thing because I know I am a, a dragon on a bit, but um, we'll touch on one more thing that I really like as well. It's the only Spider-Man film that you watch, and ultimately Spider-Man fails to live up to his responsibility. You know, end of the Amazing Spider-Man film, a promise is made. You know, in terms of I will keep away from Gwen Stacy, I will not. You know, I will respect that. And all the way the film through the film is the struggle that Peter Parker has of trying to live up to that responsibility, live up to his word, live up to the promise he made. And in the end, he couldn't do that. He could, no matter how hard he tried, he couldn't do that. And the price he paid for that was was like the death of Gwen Stacy. 
And if you, you know, you've structurally put that story out there, it's, it's really fucking good. <laughs> Actually, that's, that's, and, that's and, a very good point. And and for me, I I I I think for those reasons alone, and for the reasons why I talked about Homecoming Far From Home, that Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man Two, I argue with anyone, is a better movie than Homecoming and Far From Home for the fact that it really, really goes out there and tries to make something. Um, and I always, I always enjoy it. For that. And I really like the soundtrack. One thing I don't like is I don't like uh, the Incy Spider bit in the middle of the fight. That's just really stupid. But there you go. Um, so you, so you yeah. like it. Yeah, I like it. Is what I'm trying to say, but I'm trying to justify like my bullshit. So there you go. <laughs> right, we'll move on. Move on. Number five. Number five. Um, we'll start with Al this time because uh, I started with Paddy last time. We'll start with Al. Where are you at for number five, mate? Where are we? We're getting into real juice now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going OG. I'm going Spider-Man One, Tobey Maguire. Um, OG Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think it was. It, it set the bar of how Spider-Man should be. Introduced the character really well. Basically. Introduced slash reintroduced Spider-Man to a whole new demographic, a whole new generation of people. Yeah. I know you got the cartoon, I know you got the comics, but I think Spider-Man, to- Tobey Maguire reintroduced Spider-Man back into the sort of the, the general knowledge, the, the the whole popular culture. And you got to you got to give respect where where it's due. It was with all the other films, you could look back and go, it was a bog standard Spider-Man. That's because it was the original Spider-Man that they did well in like it was yeah you had the whole awkward peter parker how he became spider-man and sort of his struggle with with his love for mj who's seemed to be dating every other guy except him and then becoming spider-man and i think on its own it's brilliant but when you add in every other spider-man it just sits in the middle because it's the benchmark of how every other spider-man should go from there and that's kind of why i put it in the middle is because I really can't say it's better than some of the others because they've gone, this is how it was done. Let's do it better. Mm-hmm. And then I can't put it at the bottom because some Spider-Man tried to go out there and failed a bit. Yeah. So they had to go a bit below. So I, I put it in the middle because it is that benchmark. It's how a Spider-Man film should be. Some did it better, some did it worse. It's a very, very strange coincidence that we all align on this. Number five for us is all the original Spider-Man. Obviously, we've got there all in a different order, but we're all in the same place, so we can all talk about the same movie at the same time. <laughs> Um, yeah, is there any um, anything from you, Paddy, that you want to sort of add on to the end of um, what I was talking about the original Spider-Man? Because that is your number five, isn't it? Yeah, that's there. my number five. Yeah, uh, and again, it's mostly because of the sort of nostalgia factor of it. I just think, yeah. you know, I remember, I remember sort of seeing that for the first time as having always loved Spider-Man and being just completely blown away by what they what they'd done. I think the way they'd taken the you know what they'd done with the character and you know Tobey Maguire is. I think his sort of awkward sort of kooky kooky thing that he's got going on like it works the best I think almost in this one um, and then you see kind of you know it probably works the worst in Spider-Man 3 as we talked about earlier um, but you know just his transformation and stuff it, it felt like it really felt like it could happen to anyone I think it was it was so you know it was so grounded and so simple and even you know even the even the from the villain's perspective it was you know a guy who runs a massive tech tech company working for the military right so there's nothing other than the bomb that turns everyone to skeletons or whatever yeah um yeah. there's nothing in there that you think like it's too, oh it's, it's too crazy or out there it was like this this could literally just this is just some kid you know and this happened to him um yeah. and yeah it's it's bad. yeah exactly that nostalgia factor bad. and and yeah it's just a it's just a good, a good old film, good old time, a good old romp, mm-hmm. good old romp. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm 
in the same park as you guys. Spider-Man, I think, is a great movie. Um, and I've tried to, like, pull nostalgia out of it. I've tried to, like, when I did my recent watch through, really dissect and go into what I like and what I don't like about these movies. And when, I, when we talk about the Sam Raimi universe, I think... I think the reason why I kind of elevate the Amazing Spider-Man one and the reason why I've got that higher in this list is, is for me, the Sam Raimi trilogy, is, as good as it is, is just it's not as grounded as what I find perhaps the Amazing Spider-Man series to be. And, and, and what I mean by that is all the characters are quite a caricature-like. You know what I mean? Everyone's kind of fits into a nice little neat box and they're very... A very I like exaggerated in terms. It's comic booky, you know, isn't it? Their sensibility. It's very comic booky, which I think you know is absolute credit. I don't, I'm not sitting here and saying that's a bad thing. There's people who really you know prefer that over the grounded story. But for me, if you ask me what I prefer when I'm watching these superheroes, is, is something that's grounded a little bit more, a little bit, or feels a little bit more like a a real world. You know that um, that feels sort of a kind of akin to ours. Whereas I think you get this very romanticized view of New York. In the spy, in the Sam Raimi trilogy, uh, and the same with the characters as well. You know, like Mary Jane working as a waitress for uh, the shouty boss. You know what I mean? It's it's all it's all kind of like everyone just fits in a nice little pigeonhole, which is probably like a bit of a, a symptom of of how movies were a kind of at the time as well. You know, you talk about the Amazing Spider-Man coming off the back of the Christopher Nolan kind of Batman series, which was showing how you make a really grounded superhero film and there's obviously a lot of realisation actually if we ground our films a little bit more in in the real world people seem to really vibe with that so you know you got but you've got to give a praise to, to Spider-Man in the, the original in what Sam Raimi did and in, in what Al touched on it was the it was the pioneer it was you know the first outside of outside of the X-Men which you know a very good movie but it doesn't I don't think it had the same kind of a social impact that what the spider the first spider-man film did uh, really kind of set the bar for how you put together a superhero film and some of the themes it it, it kind of goes into you know the great power of great with great responsibility feels like a bit of an old hat saying now and it's been explored a lot but this film really does really well in it where it puts these two people you know harry osborne uh, sorry not harry but osborne um, norman osborne as the green goblin who, which obviously we all know as willem uh, defoe given one of the best performances he's ever done and then obviously oh, you've got absolutely um uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man all going through the exact same transformation at the same time but two people taking very different paths and Peter's um, ideology and his beliefs and his traction and the way he drives and his motivation is all driven by what he was taught by his uncle Ben and I love how throughout the film Norman Osborn as the Green Goblin is trying to change that rationale of thought trying to challenge that view that view of great power comes great responsibility and actually with great power just comes great power and that whole thing where at the end the final scene where Peter in 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 the end rejects that view and 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 kind of you know lives by the teachings of his uncle Ben you know some real real good stuff there so yeah I think we all agree Spider Man a great movie definitely for me I think the most impactful um, Uncle Ben sequence you know that. I'll, disagree. I'll disagree but well i think yeah i mean well, consi well considering I'll, considering it's the first time we've, we, first time we've seen it on film right it's just exactly the same thing again yeah. in amazing spider-man but in terms of you know peter i'll argue like, that point but i'll argue it, that point um, in, in shortly it, uh, I, think, yeah, I, I just think it's, i think the amazing spider-man does a does a better uncle ben but i'll, I'll talk about it when i, I agree with well, no, I, just, I just think in terms of in terms of the death like you know and that sort of impact mm. that it has on him sort of directly i feel like mm. you know the fact that his aunt and uncle are for some reason 107 like I don't know. It, it just it, mm -hmm. it it's uh, it plays on that sympathy card. I think. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, anything anyone else want to say about OG Spider-Man? Because it is a, a bit of a spearhead, but um, or we're going to drive on to number four. So we're really pushing. Let's push number four. I, I think we could um, drive. Paddy, let's start with you this time. Number four. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 at number yeah. four. So Spider-Man Doc two. Ock. And this is, is this the final? This will be the final one of you in the race. This is my movie. final Remy. Number four. Yeah. Okay, so what's, what's your thinking here? Uh, I just, well, I, I love this movie. It is, mm. it is, it's, it's, such, it's such a good time. Um, again, I, I remember, you know, I guess I, I probably didn't watch them sort of one after the other. So the, in terms of, again, it has that nostalgia factor, but I just remember feeling just totally blown away by it. I love um, Alfred Molina and his, his, doctor, his Doctor Octopus. I think such a sympathetic villain, you know, he's not, he doesn't, as much as it's, you know, the little thing breaks and the, the AI, arms the AI, me do it. The AI exactly yeah. <laughs> the AI takes over his brain like he's he's yeah. genuinely a good person um uh that that you know is is trying to do something incredible and trying to do something good and is led astray by basically by his own creation which mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of that in, in in sort of the villain origins of, of just across the board but just a really fun movie i think you know the whole the way like Tobey Maguire is and Peter is throughout the whole thing, sort of yeah. a, bit, a bit more established now as Spider Man. It it looks you know it looks better than the first one. It yeah. Then there's more there's more sort of behind the action. Um, that train sequence, as much as it's meme to death, is oh, gen- genuinely yeah. really cool. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and 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 Tobey Maguire is really going for that there. Like yeah. that scream. Like he 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 is going yeah, for that. Yeah. It, that's that's acting, boys. Acting. Yeah, he's, acting. <laughs> he's acting. But no, it's just but, a, a really good film. A question for you then. So, what, what, what for you brings this beyond the first one? So, obviously, I've noticed you put it higher than Spider- the original Spider-Man. What's, what's the thing that really pulls those these two films apart? Uh, I think for me, it's the, the villain and his interaction with, with the, uh, the way they are together. I think. Yeah. Okay. The way the way they interact and 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 the way they, you know, their relationship. I think is just is more interesting than maybe Norman and Harry's relationship. Yeah. No, good. Um, Ali Babs, number four, me boy. I've gone oh, for um, the first Tom Holland, so Homecoming. Homecoming, right. Homecoming I've... at number four. So what are you thinking there, number four? So whilst I don't necessarily disagree with any of your the reasons you put it so low, I just think there are different aspects of the film that, that make it good. I, one, love the, the Ned-Peter kind of connection. Like, yeah. The, the Peter-Harry in both um, Garfield's and Maguire's just didn't feel right. It never felt like an actual friendship. It just always felt, yeah. yeah, it just always felt weird. Whereas Ned and Peter, they have that actual bond, that actual friendship. They kind of have fun. They play around. Chemistry. And obviously, yeah. And, and it's, yeah. and naturally like when your best friend sort of something happens to him, you're, you're sort of, you're, you're going to find out quite quickly. Yeah. And that's what I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed that fact that, yeah, Tom, it's, and I agree that off the back of um, all the Marvel stuff, like all the Avengers stuff, it did fall a bit short of of Spider Man because you can't really go from this powerful team to then just Spider Man again. It it, mm-hmm. it won't won't feel right. But as a standalone Spider Man, which is I think how we should look at it in the Spider Universe, essentially, is it was it was a good Spider Man. Um, Tom Holland brings a different dimension to spider-man um mm-hmm. he, he sort of balances that humor and kind of awkwardness that sits him right in the middle between mcguire and garfield mm-hmm. uh, and the storyline they they go they try to go a bit different and they do have like a great little twist in the middle with the vulture and it 
it has enough that bring that keeps elevating it. Like I don't think there's one point that I go, that's brilliant, that was excellent, that's why it's high. Mm. It just has these little bits. I think that's better, that's better, that's better. And um, Zendaya's MJ is, I think, out of the the mm. three sets of movies, is the best kind of um, counterpart to Spider Man. Mm. No, and, no, she, and she and she just a lot of good things about life. Yeah, and and, really and she she grows through each mm. um through each film. But I think just that that almost that core of Spider Man, Spider Man, mm. Ned, and MJ. That trio, he, yeah, that yeah, they gel and they work so well together. And I think that helps make Spider Man or the the Tom Holland ones mm. so high up in the list. Is it feels fun. You kind of Holland one. I think. The, I think again. I'm. I'm sorry to keep drawing us back because we are. You know, we, we are pushing for time. But like the um the, the 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 some Holland ones. I think the first two. Obviously, we not so much in the third one. It's like where's the personal kind of sacrifice that Tom Holland makes for those movies? You know, what I mean, like you see it a little bit, like by the fact he can't propose to MJ in it or can't ask MJ out or when he go when he's trying to go to Paris or the fact he can't go to the a debate club thing that he didn't want to go to anyway like it, for me it just it just it doesn't it doesn't feel like it captures that kind of a uh, like in the bubble that the, the other ones kind of did in that kind the of spider man way I just I don't see that the, the, the like, other ones I can lift up this rock that's my personal yeah. kind of sacrifice you know what I mean it's, like I don't my, know. my my counter to those ones are that personal sacrifice almost comes because spider-man has been sloppy like in, in the first two series, sort of the personal sacrifice of I've got to sacrifice my relationship to protect people is then because the villains have figured out who Spider-Man is. Mm-hmm. Because one reason or another, the camera's left and um, Lizard Boy finds it and, and, it, and property of Peter yeah. Parker on it or Norman Osborn. Fi- like, um, yeah, Tobey Maguire comes in with a big cut and Norman Osborn's like, oh, hello. Mm. They swap a little bits and kind of that puts everyone in danger and that's where the personal sacrifice comes is because they've made a mistake and uh, i mean i agree that makes a better learning curve of you make mm. a mistake you've got to learn from it now you've got to make a sacrifice whereas tom holland just he's i think because he's had that you know, iron man influence of like superheroes are more accepted in that society they're not they're not a novel it's just the homecoming the only thing that he tries like to get learn, learn which i don't think he actually actually learns and it all comes across a bit weird is like iron man trying to teach him about whatever he's trying to teach him about which i can't even put into words whatever he's trying to teach him and ultimately it's all about oh you done wrong you fucked up oh you screwed the pooch on this one didn't you do so wrong by just trying to help people that are in trouble and then he goes to help people in the exact same way not learning anything from his previous interaction with iron man but this time he wins therefore that's okay i just it's, there's a lot of things in that movie when you start to sit there and think about it it's just i've Sorry, I'm, I know I'm talking over you, and I'm, I'm talking about something that I had at number seven. But I'm just oh no, I, I, I think you, you bring up a good point because I think the or the Tom Holland trilogy outside of No Way Home is the only one I haven't seen in the last two weeks. Yeah, okay. so it, it's not the one that is fresh in my mind, which means I can actually nitpick about the others. But for Tom Holland, like the Far From Home and Homecoming, I don't have that that memory to nitpick. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. I think you're, you're adding invalid points, which which do kind of yeah make make yeah. sense. Well, this is it. we've all got our individual views on it, and it's all ultimately, you know, how you enjoy a movie or how I enjoy movies. Not the same as how anyone else enjoys a movie. So, you know, that's just how it is. Um, I'm going to quickly rush into my number four because I, I know we are really, really running on time. Is the Amazing Spider-Man? Mine's all the way up at number four. So the, the origin story, the original Andrew Garfield one. 
Uh, I think this is a very, very, very good Spider-Man film. I think you guys do as well. I think there's not really much between us, but I would actually put this ahead, that origin movie of Spider-Man. Touching it before, I think it's a lot more grounded world, a lot more believable world. It's not so ca- caricatured. A lot more of the characters are a lot more believable and relatable. The relationship between Gwen and Peter is a lot more believable, as uh, as kind of uh, a Paddy alluded, uh, alluded to, as opposed to the kind of romanticised version that you know, I'm going to read you poetry as we got in Spider-Man <laughs> 2 from Tobey Maguire and all that. It's just, it's just a lot more grounded universe and I think it's a better origin story. I think the Uncle Ben thing, you're actually, Uncle Ben didn't die in that film until like the 40th minute or so. We spend a lot more time with this Uncle Ben than what we did the previous Uncle Ben. Uh, a lot more connections, you know, a lot more kind of personal moments that Peter and this Uncle Ben shares. The reason why they fall out feels a lot more believable as well. They fall out over the fact that Peter's questioning what's happened with his parents and what to understand. He feels like he's, he's, uh, he's he had the truth hidden from him and he feels hurt by that. Rather than, I want to buy MJ a car, leave me alone because I want to go to the library and you just give me a lecture. You know what I mean? Everything just feels a lot more well Now I'm going out. wrestling. Yeah, and, and you know, the whole <laughs> wrestling thing in, in the Spider-Man, you know, it's a, it's a great little scene and, you know, it's great to see... Um, you know, you know, them doing thing with like the bone saw and all that. Bone it's all great, saw but, you know, is ready. Again, you know, the Andrew Garfield evolution in Spidefield is just a lot more. Just if you ask me, a lot more a better. He he becomes Spider Man, um, and he's not Spider Man for a good portion of that movie. He's learning how to be Spider Man. He's learning about the responsibility. What what his uncle Ben was trying to trying to tell him before he passed away, and it takes him a long time in this film to work that out. And he's actually when he first becomes. You know, puts on the suit. He's out there trying to get revenge for his uncle Ben. He's trying to hunt down somebody. He doesn't care about protecting the people in New York or helping people out. You know, if he does it as a bit of a side, then that's great. But he's not Spider Man until he saves the kid from the bridge. And what is a great scene in in when he pulls that kid out the bridge and gives him the mask and you know, just says, "Hey, I'm just a guy in a suit." And then that's the first time he says, "Oh, I'm Spider Man." And it's, it's when he really becomes and starts to live up to his like responsibility and what his uncle was trying to. A teach him and it's I feel it's a much more natural and better told a kind of evolution to this this person who's a little bit broken kind of a uh, damaged um who's then traumatized and and trying to come to terms with his new powers not sure what he wants to do with them uh learning through a captain uh, Stacy in that scene you know where they're having lunch having the branzino and stuff like that and there's a really really good scene between him where they're having a disagreement and it's actually that time where he realized actually I'm not a force for good here. I'm a force just trying to serve for myself, and it's actually the scene immediately after that is the bridge scene, and that's and that's not a, a by accident. There's a there's a lot of really 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 good things in this film that I really like, and I, I do agree with Paddy. The weakest part of it is probably probably uh, is the villain. I think I think design wise it was just a bit uh, and a bit boring, and and yeah, it was fretful and stuff like that. I think I think the build up to it, the backstory, and actually the story about um, I forget the name of the Doctor now. Kurt Connors. Connors. Yeah, I think the build-up to it and Doctor O'Connor. Yeah, everything, that, everything, up relationship into, everything up until you know, dad I'm going to turn everyone into a into a lizard. Like yeah. everything up until that point was actually pretty cool. Yeah, I just, his his end his end game wasn't very interesting. The fight in the school, the cameo with Stan Lee. There's, there's so many things about this film. <laughs> yeah, that that's I a good sit one. there and go, this is a better film than Spider Man, and it is. Um, so I, I I I will die on this hill alone, but. Um, <laughs> You um, are you are not alone. I'm going to piggyback off this because everyone said they're four, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Because mine, mine, my three is Amazing Spider-Man. So I'm just going to piggyback right off yours Got it. and and carry on beating up Paddy for putting it so low. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like again, 
what you said, hundred percent was, was why I put it so high. But I think purely it's the acting of Garfield and oh, Emma yeah. Stone, right? Because with Garfield, you actually go through the range of motions of Spider-Man. You have the high, the incredible highs, the incredible lows. When he's in that suit, he's having fun, he's joking, he's making his little quips because now he's so powerful he can't be touched. And almost you, if that was happening to you, you would get a bit cocky. You would start taunting people a little bit in your fun ways. And yeah, and then he's also got the incredible lows of trying to figure out like who his parents were. He's starting to make ground on there. But he's also got this brilliant mind that he's trying to battle and then to this relationship with Gwen and having Emma Stone play Gwen Stacy is a fantastic choice because another great actor right there is also kind of reciprocating that that backwards and forwards. So you have this, you actually go along the journey with him and you, you see all the bits and I agree with Rob that the death of Uncle Ben in The Amazing Spider-Man is far more impactful than Spider-Man, than the original. Mm. Because it's it's a snappy sort of teen outburst that we've all had against our parents and we've all regretted it where something kind of is the matter and they've tried to like talk us through it and we've snapped at them and this time yeah um garfield walks off and his uncle goes after him to make sure he's okay and safe and just calm him down and talk to him but the stubbornness keeps keeps garfield hiding away up in the, the telephone pole and because of what he does there sort of in a on in um it didn't mean it but Uncle Ben dies because of what, how Garfield act, acted, and I think that makes a lot more of a of a purpose for Spider Man to then sort of live up to the the expectation of people. And I mean, what you said about the bridge, like, I didn't, yeah, like yeah. I, I don't really put it together, but yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's Garfield wasn't Spider Man until a kid saw him as this superhero. And a kid put on his mu- this mask to become stronger, to become braver, and he was like, "This actually has such a huge impact on people." Mm. And symbol the city needs. Yeah, 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 and yeah, hey, the whole Spider Man. I'm going to line up the queens for you, <laughs> Spider Man. I, I did. I, no, I did too. It's a bit hoiky. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's, it's stupid, but I loved it. You I need that kind of thing, though. That is that is yeah. that is quintessential in these movies, like that sort of. Here's New York being the hero type thing. You need they, they they can't they can't not have that kind of thing. I think. In, yeah, in I do. I do agree. The Spider-Man handled that that little aspect a little bit better. Where they have that scene where they're throwing things at the bridge at the Green Goblin. And you, you know, you start on one, you start on all. Yeah, this is New York. Probably, yeah, this is yeah. New York. You know, that's actually a little bit of a better way of doing that. But yeah, I agree. It's. it's I am going to add one more thing about the Amazing Spider-Man that I just want to get off my chest that I think doesn't get called out and. That is the Aunt May being paid by Sally Field. Oh my God, the oh, best yeah, Aunt May by a long way. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm not knocking the original because the original is also very good as well. But the thing that sells it for me and the reason why I know this is a better film than what a lot of others I've talked about is the final scene where uh, Peter has just had the big fight with the lizard. He comes home and he's got the eggs. Not a word is said between them two. He's had the shit kicked out of him, bleeding to hell. They just give each other this kind of a look and a hug where it's very obvious Aunt May knows he's Spider-Man, but it's never said between them. And it's, it's such a well done scene. And it, you, that relationship you know? stands out more as almost like the mother and son, like it should be. Like if you've raised someone since they were, what, six years old or something, like you're, you're going to feel like their mother. And mm. that I think that relationship is felt best between Garfield and... Um, and yeah, I, I actually enjoy the fact that Gwen Stacy found out really well, fairly early that uh, Garfield was Spider-Man. Yeah. 
because then it brings kind of hanging over the two films. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like it is in the originals. Yeah, yeah, it's not that annoying thing that's always repeated. Like, I mean, I hate you already I know how I feel about repetition. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. sort of now because there's still that there's still that conflict between the two, but. Well, like when that knows, it's because... a sequence where he's like, I'm telling you I'm Spider-Man, and then you're finding out I'm Spider-Man, and I'm telling you. It kind of feels like yeah. at one point he's, hey, who wants to know I'm Spider-Man? I'm telling everybody. <laughs> but I, everybody I, knows. I, I, I enjoyed like that aspect, because then he knows that the decisions, people still have to deal with the fact that mm-hmm. he's Spider-Man, but still have their personal issues that they want to resolve. The one downside to the film, how is Andrew Garfield nerdy? Why? Yeah. Why are people bullying him? He is gorgeous. Like, is it's, let me touch him. That's the one thing that, that... that by by it is it kind of. I know it was done a little bit for the comics, but the thing I think about is when there is no true Peter Parker. There's no true kind of canon to Peter Parker. So when I always get annoyed with people going, "Well, it's not canon to the comics," it's like, well, the comics have had about a hundred different versions of Peter Parker. But like they're it's doing just... their own iterations, their own versions. Their well, own no, it's it's not. It. It's Peter not like is 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 by the reflection of the time he's been in the comics so in the 60s he was an outsider uh, by the fact that he was slightly arrogant you know he's on in there and then through the 70s and 80s he's become a nerd and more nerdy because that was it the outcast was then and that kind of rolled into the 90s and then kind of the role of an outcast and a nerd kind of evolved and it, I think it's just a reflection of the time and that's what Mark Webb was trying to do is actually trying to portray but, an outcast as it as it was in 2010 I, I, I mean what, what an outcast was you know but what got me there was they didn't really give too much of a reason it was just mm. it, it started off kind of getting bullied a it bit was and super cool though it yeah was like cool and he was he was a, a a photographer and that was kind of it mm, like that's that's why he was sort of bullied and, and outcast and i was like that that puts me out of it because you just have andrew garfield looking like a model standing there mm. and sort of seeming like a normal bloke but then being picked on for for something that's the, that's the that's the only downside to it. No, I completely agree. Honestly, I think I think you're, I'm so proud of you for putting Amazing Spider-Man and at number three. In fact, this made me very happy. It's made me slightly <laughs> Spider-Man two so low. But um, uh, Patrick, I'm going to come for you for your number three, my boy. Um, where are you at? I am going into the Spider Verse. So <gasps> we are three. into the Spider Verse. Yeah, we're okay. de- departing from the from the live action and going live into the, yeah, going into the animated world. And I mean, just a. What a delight! What a surprise as well. This film, I did not, you know, I, I, I didn't really know that it was coming. But then suddenly you hear everyone talking about it, and you know, you go and see it, and it's literally just a comic book come to life. Uh, one of the mm-hmm. best, it's probably the best looking animated film I've ever seen by quite a long way. Um, mm-hmm. Love the story of Miles. I love the sort of different Peters. Um, you know, just all the way that 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 works it's just it's just fantastic and and such a, a big smile on your face yeah just just brilliant just like you're having such a good time like all the you know the spider pig i mean <laughs> what, 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 what more could you what more could you i, 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 I will correct you and his name is spider ham yeah spider ham yeah um played by the guy who does uh who's on who's on big mouth yeah. who's fucking funny um but just and you know just such a fun group of characters um it sort of loses its way a little bit i think in the final the final like scenes and stuff like the final fight i'm just like you know it sort of becomes a bit visually messy for me but although other than that yeah. you know I, I love that kingpin is literally the size of seven houses put together yeah just what a fantastic <laughs> with a tiny teeny head yeah with a teeny tiny <laughs> head um what is just a great a great fun a great fun movie and you know all the stuff that we talked about in terms of the origins and the characters and stuff this one's completely different um in terms of what miles is and you know definitely has his own cool 
um, story of, of, of pain and sacrifice and that kind of thing. But it's it's so different, I think. You know, we have such a different take on on the character while still getting to see a Spider-Man, which is also completely different from any Spider-Man we've ever seen in, um, yeah. in, in the you know the one that he hangs out with and you know at that and the way that sort of the perfect spider-man dies and stuff um mm-hmm. you know it was real real good film it it, it really kind of uh, tickled you in the right place it did yeah and i think i yeah. think in that film when spider-man dies played by chris pine mm-hmm. the first one um and then i think they have the stanley cameo right after that mm-hmm. and i think that was just after stanley had died so yeah. that one hit me that one hit me pretty hard i think right like that that sequence yeah. i was like oof the feels anxious they, they got me so um for me uh my third is spider-man 2 i put Ooh, in nice. at number three for me so spider-man 2 think uh clearly the best of the sam raimi trilogy uh i'm gonna kind of disagree with how i think it actually does things slightly better than the first film uh ex- explores the theme of peter parker not wanting to live up to his like responsibility uh making the active choice actually the Peter Parker part of his life is 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 something that's important to him and something that he needs to focus on because he sees his life falling apart. You know, he can't keep a job. Aunt May hasn't got any money. She can't pay rent. She's thinking about taking a job again. You know, I mean, all these all these all these aspects going on in Peter's personal life um, compromises him as Spider Man um, at a time when uh, the city you know really needs him and he he spends a lot of his film trying to struggle with that, which I think is a really 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 interesting thing to explore. Um, I, you know, I do think some of the acting again is a little bit of its time and kind of hokey. You know, when I kind of referred to it earlier, when Peter decides he's going to be trying, he's going to try and win MJ back, and she's decided she's with some astronaut or something. I don't know. Um, she's with an astronaut or something. And he's sitting there going, "I've been reading poetry," and it's, you know, it's just a bit like, "Okay, okay, let's just get on with this." You know what I mean? Um, but I think that's just a kind of thing of its time. That's the only thing I can hold that film up for, and ultimately why it's not up there really at the top top end. Um, the villain's brilliant, as you guys touched on. Uh, really well done. Some of the fight scenes are choreographed. Although the one thing I really, really truly understand uh, about the fights with a uh, Doc Ock is Spider-Man's like a super strength being that can like punch really hard and stuff. And a Doc Ock is just a dude with some arms. And <laughs> there's a few times in the film where like Spider-Man full-on clocks him on the chin. And you'd think, you know what? Like... Yeah, those those arms might be overriding your brain and your AI and stuff, but they, you know, maybe they might be doing something with his nervous system to make him not feel it. But you know, Spider-Man punching that dude full full force in the face, it's going to kill him. Um, so, you know, you you suspend your disbelief and think, oh, maybe he's pulling his punches because you know there's an emotional attachment stuff there like that. But it's always been a thing for me with that film, or even when I remember as a kid, kind of watching it, going, but he's just punching a <laughs> dude. Why isn't he dead? Yeah, why didn't he just like? Why don't you just knock him out? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like I know it's not much of a movie then, but I don't know. A bit of kind of rationale around that would have been nice. But uh, you know, still the themes it explores, the way it tells the story, the set pieces it does, <coughs> from the uh, the characters and how they interact, all absolutely brilliant. So yeah, absolutely deserve number three. So I'm going to move on because I think a lot of the things in Spider-Man Two have already been covered. We're going to move on to our number two. So we're going to be really revealing where we stand on on a lot of these. And I'm going to start with the beautiful and wonderful Alistair. Where are you at? With your number two, my number two is No Way Home. No Way Home. Okay. okay. I think one, one and two were fantastic films. Yeah. I mean, obviously that that leads by. I mean, I may as well say it because it's the only one left. It leads my number one is Spider Verse. Yeah. Um, into the Spider Verse, but both of those 
top-notch films. I mean, I cannot praise them highly enough. Mm-hmm. But I think No Way Home gets slot into number two because it's more of a... It's more of just a nod to itself. Like, mm. as a standalone Spider-Man film or, like, fitting into the Tom Holland trilogy, it yeah, it adds a, a few extra cool bits and I think it maybe relies a bit too much on, on Doctor Strange, so kind of reaching into that almost Avengery yeah. feel to it, which, granted, you can't escape that from Tom Holland's trilogy. Um, and I think they did it really well. The characters were really well moulded and everything was put together in a great way. Yeah. But And it was just from watching all the others it was so fun to see all those little nods and kind of acknowledging the joy that the audience got from some of the ridiculous bits and like the cartoon of all the spider-man pointing to each other having that mm-hmm. slotted in there and Maguire calling garfield like oh no man you're an amazing spider-man you're the amazing spider-man mm-hmm. sort of those those little nods i thought were brilliant and i Beautiful. loved it yeah Be- but i think yeah spider-verse beats it just because it's it's its own film. Yeah, we'll it's, we'll come to you about yeah. Spider Verse when we get to ones. But, but I think yeah, um, I honestly have very little complaint about No Way Home. Yeah, I think in these top twos we're going to find yeah, nothing I, I to just, hang these up by. I, I literally, I'm putting it down as number two because it's more of a nod to the whole Spider Man series instead of a fantastic Spider Man film. Yeah. But that nod was done so well, so amazingly that it, it's one of the best Spider Men. Couldn't agree with you more, mate. Couldn't agree with you more. But I'm going to turn to Paddy for his number two on his list. Where you at? So my number two is the best teen movie of all time, Spider-Man Homecoming. God, we are far apart on this one, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So far from Homecoming. Far from Homecoming. Um, So basically what is brilliant about this movie for me is is just basically the interaction between all the characters and the way that they exist together in that world. Like this is by far the most likable group of characters everyone seems to actually like each other and get along with each other um sally field is a great anime but um marissa tomei is just fantastic um and the way that all these characters interact with each other the relationships that they have i think you know how do you bring a character into a world with you know a titan that's going to destroy half of life in the entire universe where gods are real where aliens are real well you don't have him you know, run around and try and save the world. You do protect him because you, you know, Tony has his own very good reasons for doing that and and everything that he's gone through. Um, so I think it makes total sense that it's a very very small story. Like they constantly keep making reference to you know be the friendly neighborhood Spider Man. This isn't about um, big personal sacrifice. This is about just a kid finding his way, uh, and which is perfect for that universe because it would, nothing else would really make any sense because literally there's a a god with a magic hammer and you know it, it's very different from these other worlds where you know there's nothing else around it there's nothing else in there there's just a very normal world where all of a sudden you've got a, a superhero so the fact that you have to introduce this very you know this character who does have that sort of humble beginnings in this massive universe i think they couldn't have done it better and that cast of characters is perfect there are so many fantastic moments like when he's interrogating um I can't remember his name, but like that interrogation Aaron, scene. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Davis. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Davis, Davis, whatever. Like, you know, he's, the fact that he's never done that before, it's got, I don't know, probably the the best, the sec- I think maybe the second best villain in terms of just the character, not, yeah, not everything he does, but but like he's just so Great menacing. Better. That, that you, know, like you referenced, you said earlier, that scene in the car is just good old genuinely... Spider. Yeah, terrifying. Okay, oh, so so good. Just like he's he's just such a fucking good actor. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, for because I mean, you know, for me, I adore the MCU and the way they brought Spider-Man into that sort of place. I think it's just, they do such a good job of it of just making a really fun, you know, Breakfast Club, um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off style. You know, all these sort of eighties teen movie references that they've yeah. they've got throughout there, and it's just a, it's just a doesn't have any of the sort of doesn't have the weight of the oldest other spider-man movies but it also doesn't have the baggage i think it's just a i think that's a really a, a really fair view on it yeah mm. yeah he's a kid well, having a good well time points. he's a kid having yeah. a fun having a fun time and, and yeah. just just trying to and i'm having and it, fun it, it is it. a really fun movie like i'd, I'd never take that away from it and I, I think i think where we we uh, separate is i think you'll come from the view that the mcu and being part of it and how it fits into that kind of kind of adds to that film and i'm i'm making the argument that kind of subtracts from the film so we're you know on different sides of the same coin i think <laughs> if you know what i mean fantastic right we yeah, are going to number Big two fan. now have i got your number two yes i have got your number two so we're going to go to me which is now uh, my yes, number two have. is spider-man no way home so i am aligned a bowel on my top two um spider-man no hell no way home what a fantastic fantastic movie um like showing kind of all the other movies that we talked about kind of how it's done really how you make and craft a really really good spider-man film um in the sense of you know you've 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 got a similar kind of thing that i kind of held against homecoming and far from home that you know you've got in far from home you've got the death of iron man looming over that and you've got really the full knowledge and understanding of what's happened before in the spider-man universes to really appreciate this film but i think this film is a love letter to all of that it's a love letter to everything spider-man and i think that's what makes it an absolutely brilliant film i think it's just it's just for me exceeded my expectations you know we all knew that andrew garfield and toby Maguire were going to be in the movie um and from my point of view i was sitting there when i was watching it in the cinema I was sitting there going i really wish it's just not like a hey swing in and save the day all right bye guys they actually give them a reason to be there give them some substance give them some growth give them some actual character and something to do and they do it with both and andrew garfield in the sense of like you kind of touched upon our where they're having these lovely scenes between the three to them they refer to him as like you dude like you're amazing you know you know and andrew garfield spider-man is a very low place as i described you know even said himself that he start you know he kind of stopped pulling his punches he stopped giving a crap because of what happened to him and and this is a real kind of turning kind of point for him uh you know coming in and seeing these other spider-men having their own troubles having their own issues you know their own things to worry about and that you know makes him come away from that experience as a more bare rounded you know probably understanding spider-man in fact you can see him going back to his universe and now he does start pulling his punches again and grows into the spider-man who he, he kind of was working towards before the death of gwen so that is just it's it's brilliant the performance by William Dafoe, you know, the fact they make the right choice by saying, let's get rid of William Dafoe's mask, because his, his face is green goblin-y enough, we don't need a mask, you know, um, oh, just, I, I, I could talk forever about this film, and I, I don't think I've got time to, but and I think I'm going to leave sort of Paddy to harp on about it a bit more, because he's got that at his top, so, um, uh, but, you know, the way they did those Spider-Men, the way they treat those villains with a lot of respect. Um, I suppose the one thing I didn't like, and obviously this harks back to what I was talking about, the Amazing Spider-Man 2, I just, I didn't buy the whole kind of like Electro. Come- I, I, I really liked the character they gave us with Electro in the No Way Home thing. And I understand the rationale behind changing him in that way, but the logic behind, oh, in this universe, I'm just cooler it just seemed a bit hoiky for me and just sort of shoved in there because I needed like a reason to make him a bit more like Jamie Foxx 
when I think that's probably a smart way of trying to get there if you really want to get there or in fact bring through this person who has been broken and has been uh, damaged you know I think that was a real interesting character there with the electro character and um, yeah I know they're just bringing in Jamie Foxx to be Jamie Foxx and that's real good and fun time but you know I think that's a maybe if I'm holding up any criticism that's the only one that I sit there they could have done a bit more with and we don't really get a lot of time with Sandman or um or the lizard guy yeah, but that's probably not a bad thing um so yeah top film I can't wait to watch it again I, I wish I could go back to the cinema about nine times and watch it and uh yeah I, 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 I it was really tough for me to choose between the two the two of these films at the top so that's where I am anyway on um yeah you you, you go straight on and just, so just should, talk I, about should I do my number one then carry on from from what you're saying number yeah so one. my number one uh Spider-Man No Way Home so um, so for me, the only the only wrinkle for me is you know if if um, actually okay. it's sort of the way that Doctor Strange is in this film, like you know he knows he's dealing with a kid, right? If they have a five minute chat before he starts that spell, you know about like a, so you got anyone in your life who you might want to yeah. you know remember is 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 you that you're Spider Man like you know just a little conversation before and um, and none of this happens, but you know other than once you get past that, I think everything. It's funny because, you know, we're looking back at these Spider-Man films and we're talking about what we liked about them, um, you know, and that they're good films and that we enjoy them. But, you know, they were looking at them now in 2022. Yeah. Like, there were clearly there were clearly issues, right? You look back and you say, you, yeah. you said, you know, of its time, whatever. Um, and they have managed to... They've made those those earlier films so much better for me, I think, with what they did in this in this one, you know, by giving, by giving um, Garfield that redemption, by, you know, by... Gra- bringing back down, you know, bringing Tobey Maguire back down to earth, I think, and you know, every everything that we know about, not just the the characters, but also the the actors. You know, I think Tobey Maguire got very up himself after the Spider Man movies. I think you know, and, and that the, sort of that reflection of having grown and and having changed, and the redemption we get with the villains as well. I think, um, you know, I think so. Sandman, I think, and uh, Lizard, just the actors they, didn't actually reprise well. the roles. Those yeah. were all scenes used from. Yeah, they're just voices and and they used old like scenes from from the previous movies. So that probably Sweet explains time, yeah. why they got a little less um, a little less screen time. Um, but yeah, just what a yeah. fun. You talk about sacrifice, right? I mean, the way the way it ends and the sacrifices that that you know Tom Holland's yeah. Peter Parker what has to make. The movie. Yeah, it's just beyond, and you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like beyond yeah, what a great so way to reset the characters. Yeah, you can't like, wait to see like, where they, like, where they what go next. Almost... the fact that Spider-Man had to exist yeah. in that MCU kind of bubble, which you know you highlight, you know, as, as something that really worked for you. And how else can you do it? And I highlight as something that held them back. But I feel like now that that uh, a bubble has been burst because the MCU ha- do not know who Peter Parker is. You know what I mean? Mm. So it, I thought, oh, it's just brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> it really is masterstroke. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they can they can go where they want now, and you know, in a way, it's a shame that we're going to have to wait for them to make, you know, Eternals two and all these other films before we, yeah. before we get to they can't just they won't just focus on the next Spider Man because we have all these other films to get through because that one ended in such an interesting place. You know, what what's he going to do? How is he going to rebuild his Ooh. life? And you know, as as Spider Man and as Peter Parker, it's just and and the introduction of I, rem- I remember sitting there and when they yeah, opened that, the portal, that was, and then yeah, Ned can do magic, which is just great. Um, he, yeah. yeah. He opens that portal mm-hmm. and then like the guy jumps through and you, and you can tell by the way he moves, yeah, like yeah. the way he jumps in. It's like, oh shit, that's well, Garfield. Um, and it's just a great fantastic. cinematic experience like, a, as well. That something that everyone knew was coming still got 
like an, I don't yeah. know what it was like in your guys' yeah. era, but there was still an audible cheer. You know what I mean? Like for all of it. You know what I mean? Like even if people knew it was yeah, coming, I was sitting there going, so it's, it's gonna be soon. Yeah. It's gonna be soon. They're gonna have to do it soon. There's two or four or five of them removed, they're gonna have to do it soon. And then you know, they'd bring these characters in and like, you know, I was in a relatively passive they went wild. They really did. And you can't say that for any other any any of the any of the other movies on this list. It's really got something to say. Mm. No, we live in a very different we live in a very different time, I think, when it comes to superhero movies, right? Like it was yeah. you know, those first Spider Man, the Remy trilogy almost made all of this possible in a way by showing that people had an appetite for this kind of film. And, you know, now they get to lean in, you know, we're so far down the line that they know that they can drop in two mm. Spider Man from movies from years ago and people are gonna lose their shit. Like, that's crazy. That that's where we are with, with, with films and you know, it's, it's, I'm very happy as somebody who loves these kinds of movies. Yeah, can we give a shout out to Matt Murdock as well? Yes. Yes, more of that, please. More more yes. of Matt yes. Murdock. Yeah, yes. yeah. Very just happy to see about how, that. where they go with that. Very, very happy about that one to see that in there. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. So number one for you, Alistair. I think we know what you said it before. T- tell me about your uh, your time with Into the Spider-Verse. Yep. Into the Spider-Verse was a yeah. film I went into not really knowing what to expect because I knew it was going to be a different Spider-Man, a cartoony Spider-Man, but I didn't My body know wasn't how. ready for this. I wasn't sort of sure thing. where they were trying to go. I, it, it really it really wasn't. like it was. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know much about Miles as Spider-Man. I, I mean, sure, people who know the lore a bit better might know have known kind of what was coming. Um, but I, I had zero idea. And when I watched it, I... Yeah. just loved every single second of that film everything they brought in then it was almost because it was a spy, seeing spider-man again for the they first do time the dance the story for the first is new it's fresh in a self the whole uh, animation a, a, a joke at the start is pretty... know, like like the yeah the, the soundtrack's mm. brilliant the animation is out of this world and the story is new it's exciting mm. it brings a different aspect to Spider-Man. And then I know Paddy put it a bit low because it kind of got a bit crazy and I completely understand that, but I think I agree that you, craziness yeah. almost made it better for me because it was, it was when you're opening all these portals to different universes, it's not going to be quite a linear normal Some thing. Sh- it's crazy gonna shit get is going to insane. Down yeah. And that, uh, yeah. And, and they made it work. Mm. They had each Spider-Man come in with a completely different personality, something new, some new character, some new perspective. That, and this is something that I mean, we talked about with No Way Home, where each Spider-Man kind of taught the yeah. uh, other Spider-Man how to be better and how to kind of fix their issues from their perspectives. The same thing happened, and like with in, Into the Spider-Verse, where all of yeah. them sort of shared their own perspectives about their worlds and what happened. And kind of there, the, I mean, the Dark Spider Man and, uh, and Spider Ham, and just everyone blended mm. into this chaoticness so perfectly together. And I think mainly because it was just a fresh story, it was a fresh Spider Man. It was kind of, yeah. you had that familiarity, but you were watching something that you've never seen before. And I think that's why it beat No Way Home as number one, because it was just, a, it was a new story that was so perfectly done. I have. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you would use. You could probably pick something small, no, but I'm, 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 I, mean, mate, I, I mean, found nothing same, that I could fault with it. I busted as what you are. My number one is is the same film, Into the Spider Verse. I, I, I can't. I can nitpick every single one of these films, even No Way Home, even though it's very, very small kind of nitpicks. I can still 
I can still really stretch. I can't find a single one with this movie. It's animated beautifully. The themes it tries to play with throughout the film are really, really well done. It's got emotional kind of weight. You know, you think of the scenes where he loses his uncle Aaron or where his a dad is talking through him through the door. They've got real impact and real... And they hit me a lot harder than what any of the live action films did in terms of the emotional weight behind those scenes. Um, really, really well done. Um, you know, uh, every choreographed kind of fight is is so superbly done. They the whole uh, a Peter B. Parker angle is is genius, showing a broken Peter Parker who who himself has to grow and learn and and uh, become a better Peter Parker. And he he goes for that growth and comes out of that film, you know, as a better Peter Parker. In fact, all of the all of the main characters in some way or or another go through some sort of growth or change for that movie. So they're really hitting on the themes um, uh, really well. And, yeah, you know, we can talk about the animation and all that other stuff. You strip it away, you've just got a really, really, really good good Spider-Man story that's clearly made with a lot of heart and a lot of uh, love for not only Spider-Man as a character, Spider-Man as a comic book character, but also Spider-Man as a movie property you know they 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 reference you know a lot of things about the toby like Maguire films have got a lot of reference in there and it's god what what a brilliant movie and, and like you said paddy you hit on it it come out of nowhere like i saw a trailer for it it's like oh this looks pretty cool i can't imagine it being good and who would have thought they put that much effort into an animated spider-man film and i'm putting that above what we saw with no way home is it, it goes to show what a spectacular uh, job that movie did. Um, I've got to call out the scene they did where uh, Miles first gets his suit on and they've got that music playing, like the What's Up kind of danger music, and he jumps off the building. And you know, I could, yeah, I could, I could harp on like this movie forever. And, oh, it's just that was my phone background. That was my phone background for quite a, a long time. Such a well done, and like the, the symbology of him, even after though he's that, fallen down, him, they flip the camera over so it's showing the medical of like the uh, symbology of him uh, rising up and all that it's just you know everything they do in that movie and the way they they piece it all together is so well thought out and uh, i'm without the the final um the final flurry or the final fight uh the final the third act um is is so well put together so well done like the the kind of uh, mind splitting kind of things being flung around with the fight with wilson fisker the way um Miles steps up to responsibility and comes out to save all the other other Spider-Man across the multiverse. It's just, yeah, I'm, 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 I can't pick a specific thing on why this movie is the best Spider-Man movie. But when I've just watched it, I've just, I've just uh, uh, back to back these nine movies, and by far, I still think, even though I'm still very fresh from No Way Home, and that's that's got a lot of lot of love. It's it's not a better movie than Into the Spider-Verse, but it's close. It's very close. I want yeah. to pick up on something that isn't necessarily to do with the films themselves, but No Way Home has brought in a new aspect that I'd love to see the universe chase. And that is the fact that they have essentially confirmed that yes. J. Jonah yes. Jameson we could all agree with that. is a multi-universe being. He mm. exists in No Way That's Home. That's why The Amazing Spider-Man is not the original that Spider-Man. Have a J- I want to see a this. Jonah Jameson. That's why it suffers. I... Yeah. Because yeah. they, yeah, they, they reprised is it J.K. Simmons. Yeah, as I mean, There's nothing um, that can't be improved fan- with J.K. Simmons. Ta- fantastic yeah. character. I mean, the one of the best things about all the Spider-Men. 
But the fact that yeah. now he's yeah. he no, showed up in no way agree. proves he's a multi-dimensional <laughs> being. Well, guys, it's Which been an I, emotional I would journey. love them to follow. Uh, for all of us. <laughs> it's been actually a bit longer than I thought, but, you know, hour and 40 to talk about all those movies, a lot of movies to talk through, a lot of ground to cover. Um, and I think what we're going to very quickly do, because we're at the I mean, end, we're we going to wrap up and films. we're going to quickly blast through the list as we went through them. Through. So, Al, do you want to give me your list nine to one as you remember it or have it written down in front of you? Do it. Have it written down. Have always um, Number nine, Spider-Man 3. Number eight, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Number seven, controversially, Spider-Man 2. I admit I may have got that wrong, but just how I saw it. Number six, Far far From Home. Number five, Spider-Man 1, the OG. Four, Homecoming. Three, Amazing Spider-Man 2, No Way Home. Uh, And and just reminders of your list, Paddy, how you put the ordering in. Yes, I got Spider-Man 3, then Amazing Spider-Man 2, Far From Home, Amazing Spider-Man Original Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Into the Spider-Verse, Homecoming, and No and, uh, Way so Home. There. So, but now I'll talk you guys through the correct list, and the correct list is uh, number nine, Spider-Man 3, then Far From Home, then Homecoming, <laughs> then The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, No Way Home, and then Into the Spider-Verse. Um, we've gone through our list. These are our thoughts. This is what we thought about all of these Spider-Man films. Uh, this podcast is out on YouTube and Spotify and probably a few other places as well. So if you're in a place where you can um, have a chat with us, feel free to. We'll probably chat about probably not. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for paying attention. It's been beautiful talking to you guys again. Uh, we're going to be doing this podcast every two weeks. So um, thank you so much, Alistair, for your time. You're a beautiful soul as ever, and a great sport. And uh, Paddy, you have a lovely beard, as I you try. always know. I'm, I assume you do. You might have had like a shave recently, but thanks as well for all your input on this. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys with the next podcast in two weeks' time. Okay, cheers. Bye.